Technology today is disrupting every industry and every area of life. We've seen the digital revolution change the game and demand for human expertise. As a result, there is now a premium on intellectual curiosity and learnability, the desire and ability to grow quickly and adapt one's skill set to remain employable. What you know is less relevant than what you may learn. Asking the right questions may be more valuable than knowing all the old answers. Many times the natural and the spiritual realms parallel. We're in times when we must adapt our spiritual skill set, where believers must learn the ways of the spirit, and as Paul says, not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. There's a modern day school of the spirit that God is enrolling his children in, just like the prophets of the Old Testament from Samuel to Malachi. As they were involved in schools of the prophet, so are we needing to be uniquely trained from modern day experts. The prophet Samuel's training occurred both in the tent of meeting at Shiloh as well as Eli's home. He learned both to minister before the Lord in the tent and learn to hear the voice of God in Eli's house. In this episode of Keep It 100, we will talk about some of the nuances of the prophetic, give an invitation to be schooled at a whole nother level, and have a conversation with Prophet Julian Adams. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista. Hey, what's going on family? We sure love you guys. By the way, I just want you guys to know last episode was the highest number of downloads we've had in one episode on one day uh, in the history of Keep It 100. So we just want to thank you guys for supporting it, getting the word out. We sure appreciate it. We love you guys so much and we're just so grateful for your just consistency and listening and supporting the Keep It 100 podcast. We do it for you. So we just I want to echo what Sean said. Thanks so much. Uh, we love you guys so much. We're doing a special edition. We're coming back to week, back to back weeks, and we're bringing you another powerful conversation with the incredible prophet Julian Adams. It's going to be such a powerful episode. Incredible conversation with Julian. I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we dive in, what do we got to do? We got to catch you up on what we've been doing since we were last with you. Sean, tell us where you were at. Hey, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It is a beautiful place. I was at Freedom Church it was Sunday morning, Sunday night. It was so powerful. A number of people got saved. The entire altar felt like the church hit the altar at a certain point. We had just an incredible time praying for the sick. Words of knowledge, prophetic. Just made some great friends down there. There's some awesome people down there. And man, can't wait till we'll have to return there. And you have some praise reports too. Yeah. And just to speak to Chattanooga, Tennessee, watching New Freedom Church, I got a tune in live stream. And you had, especially, it was powerful the whole day, Sunday morning, Sunday night. But Sunday night, you were in a power powerful flow of the Holy Ghost. And it was so cool just watching online, watching people get ministered to words of knowledge. It was just, it was incredible. Um, but you guys, we, I was also at, um, OKC and I was at a women's conference called daughters, about a thousand women for the state of Oklahoma Come gathered. On. Come on. Being led by the incredible Susie Perky. She's just so awesome. And she's just incredible and anointed to gather women. And she's really carrying something for right now. So it was a really an honor to partner, saw God move women's lives get touched. Uh, just always for me, a I'm a passionate about women gathering. So it was such an honor. And I just love what God did. It was an incredible, incredible time. But I'm going to jump to a really incredible announcement. If you didn't catch it on our live stream that we announced it on both Facebook Live and Instagram Live, you guys, we added something to the prophetic masterclasses coming up September 16th and 17th. Many of you have heard about it. You know all about it. But we added a new feature that some of you might get really excited about. If you're not able to come in person, we have a solution for you. Friends, we are 
live streaming. You heard me right. That's right. We are live streaming. And it's such a powerful way for you to get equipped and empowered in the prophetic ministry in your life because we believe what the word says that we all should desire to prophesy. So I think it's time we all get equipped. We all get empowered. We all go to the next level. Whether you are just searching out what it is to be prophetic, whether you would say, you know what, I've been doing a little bit, but I'd like to grow. Or you're like, hey, I've been seasoned in it for quite a while, but I still want to go deeper. Guess what? It is available and it really is applying to everyone in every stream of life. You know, this thing is going to be so powerful. We recently had a, a, a lot of people sign up. We believe that we're going to exceed our projections. But as Krista said, we've had a lot of people from South Africa, people from Australia, people yep. from Canada said, hey, and even the East Coast, we're not able to go there, but do you have a live stream option? So if you go to www.seanandkristasmith.com and you go immediately, there should come a banner that should pop up. And if you click registration, it'll be two options. One in person, the other's live stream. And so if you go live stream, obviously there is a registration there and a registration amount, but you'll be able to be there virtually with all of us. And it's going to be profound because on this particular podcast, you're going to hear from Julian Adams and he's got so many profound things and he is going to be sharing some things on words of knowledge. Krista's got some profound things. She's been practicing on what she's going to be sharing. And I've been doing research as well as Krista. We believe this is going to be profound. So it's not too late, not only concerning the live stream option, but for you to come in person, you can sign up all the way up to the day. In fact, you can walk up That's and right. sign up that day. We'll take you. Come on Bay Area. That You're probably the most likely group that would do it, <laughs> but we will make room for you. That's right. You, please know this is a personal invitation coming at you right now from Sean and Krista. We got a seat for you, whether it's in person, whether it's virtual, you're showing up that day, you're signing up that day. Get registered. You don't want to miss this event. We are so excited. There's such an expectancy in the spirit of what God is going to do. All right. With that being said, we're going to dive into a powerful conversation with Julian Adams. You guys, you are not going to be disappointed. Sean and Julian have an incredible conversation that is so deep and it has such truth and revelation. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. And for those of you that don't know about Julian, he's amazing. He's born and raised in South Africa. Him and his wife met while they were both in the UK. And you've heard of Katia. She's been on a previous episode. She's powerful. She's deep. But this week we're featuring her husband, Julian Adams, and they pastor a church called The Table in Boston. They are killing it. Yes, they I are. mean, there is this group of millennials that have gathered around them and they are so gifted in equipping and training people in the prophetic, but also in the word of God. They're anointed with discipleship on their lives. Uh, and what I love is God has called them to America because they believe there's going to be revival, be a move of God, and they feel like they're supposed to be a part of it. So friends, get ready for a powerful conversation with Prophet Julian Adams. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, we've had a little problem with the audio portion of our interview, but we did our best to salvage and pull together what we could because we believe this interview is so profound, we do not want you to miss it. Julian, how you doing, bro? What's going on? I am doing so good. Um, it has been a crazy few weeks, but I'm so glad that Jesus is still on his throne. So great to connect with you, Sean. Um, I love what you guys are carrying, you and Krista, and cannot wait to be with you guys soon. Hey, man, but tell us, you had some challenges, bro. What's, what's going on right now with you guys? We have just moved into a home. Three days after it's it flooded. It's been crazy. Lots going on. But sometimes, for those of you who don't know, we're planning a church in Boston here on the East Coast called The Table Boston. Sometimes when you plan a church, it's some of the biggest amounts of spiritual warfare. But in the midst of it, I'm so glad God's a redeeming God and makes things better than they were 
were before and that's what we're experiencing in the midst of the crazy God been breaking out just this Sunday we had someone become a Christian after getting a word of knowledge that impacted their life which is just incredible so we're, we're really going after all the the stuff that we believe around the supernatural breaking out I love that someone got saved after a word of knowledge man prophetic evangelism in the house and we both know Boston on one hand has deep wells the first great awakening even the second great awakening impacted that area as well businessman prayer revival hit Boston but we also know statistically today it's a it's a challenging area uh, but man I'm so glad and and again there are regions across the country that are tougher regions there are regions in the country that you know Bible Belt and others they have their own challenges but what are just kind of side question man I'm gonna throw this at you what are some of the challenges you're seeing reaching that New England Boston area I think one of the things that we've discovered is that no matter how clever you think you are ultimately right the fundamental base level you need family and it's interesting even in an intellectual hub like Boston the question really is is there a God the question is does that God care for me and we have this incredible opportunity to impact people by revealing God's kindness not just in word but in demonstration as they hear from God for themselves get joined to a community and suddenly find grace there's such a pandemic of loneliness in cities like this and we're seeing God come around people and meet with them in the most beautiful ways and the key to reaching the intellectual west really is as simple as establishing communities that demonstrate the heart of the Father. Man, I tell you what, that is so profound because I, I think that intellectual ground of apologetics has shifted underneath us in an emerging generation because you're right, I remember you know being years campus ministry and still doing campus ministry. It was always about the intellect. It was always about questions and people wrestling with it. And, and not to say that still isn't the case, but it's interesting that you're saying this is God kind? Does he love me? Is he there for me? Because I got saved. And again, although I had questions, when I had an encounter with Jesus, I felt his love and it, it was over. That's all I needed to know that God loved me. And, and all the questions were either answered or just paled in significance to the overwhelming gushings of his love. And it's, man, that's just, I love that, bro. That's exactly what Jonathan Edwards' wife, I think it was, spoke about the waves of God's love that just kept hitting her in the great awakening. Come on, Julian. For those of you that you don't already know this, Julian is going to be one of our teacher, equipper, ministers at our prophetic masterclass two-day intensive, September 16th and 17th. You can still register. You could still get in on these classes. They're going to be amazing. But let me jump in on this. Julian, how did the prophetic journey begin for you? And maybe you can, as a B part, in what ways did the Holy Spirit initially make himself real to you? So how did your prophetic journey begin? You know, I grew up in one of those uh, crazy charismaniac homes. My parents got saved into the charismatic movement out of traditional church um, through some really difficult circumstances. My older sister passed away um, and my dad got saved out of that. My mum who'd grown up brethren was a little bit longer but she came through eventually and I effectively was um, born as a result of promise. It was hard for my parents to uh, fall pregnant post um, my older sister passing away and 
And my mum said, I will give this baby to you, much like Hannah did with Samuel. And from a young age, as long as I can remember, I remember feeling the presence of God. It really was when I was three years old, my mum and dad prayed for me, and I got filled with the Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And I became awakened to all things spiritual. Um, from the age of, of the end of my third year, I began to be aware that I feel things, know things, and sense things as my senses have become awakened to God. And by the time I was nine, just as the prophetic movement through people like Bill Hammond and Dr. Sharon Stone and these great people of God were becoming more popular in my own journey of discovering what it means to, to hear God's voice, um, I would just very often know when people would be passing away. I'd know sometimes the very first the pastor was going to preach on the next day. As I began to grow in the prophetic, I remember my first book that I ever read on the prophetic. I don't think I could read properly. At the age of 10 or 11 was Mark and Patty Verkler's book, Dialogue with God. And that began a journey of figuring out that, hey, God is present. He's speaking to me. This internal dialogue that's happening, the feelings that I feel, my sensitivities that seem to be heightened, um, feeling pain or feeling joy, all of those things began to make sense in my own head and heart. And that really is what happened. And, you know, at the age of nine, this old Scottish woman prophesied over me, you're going to be a prophet to the nations and you'll be like Jesus, revealing the secrets of people's hearts like he did for the woman at the well. And it kicked off everything from me. By the age of 15, I was preaching and traveling, seeing God do amazing things all over Cape Town and then South Africa and now the world. Um, and what's incredible about my own story is that I consistently have felt unqualified for it because I feel like I did a, a test, a spiritual gift test and found it. It was simply God revealing himself to me. And in the midst of that, for me, uh, having been born with what's called a cleft palate, which has impacted my speech. So that's why I have a list. And that God still has not healed yet. But I love the wisdom of God, right? Yeah. That he uses a weakness. He uses the thing that the enemy wants to disable. And he enables it to shift things for whole nations. And so God's been incredibly kind. Um, and I hope I never become an expert at hearing his voice. Man, I tell you what, you are dropping nuggets left and right. But I think, <laughs> you know, you, you I love as you shared your, your kind of origin story in this, that first of all, your folks, I love that aspect that they didn't give you a baby Holy Ghost and they didn't hold back. And then that those kind of early signs that the prophetic were on you and you begin to know things and become aware of things and, and even begin to speak at, at early at 15, begin to preach and know that that's the area that you wanted to go. But I, I really want to underscore too, I know for some listeners, is that your, your biggest strength actually is the thing that keeps you on your face before the Lord. We think of strengths as something that, hey, I'm a great communicator. I'm a great uh, business person. I'm awesome. But if you lean on your strengths, and this is what I was kind of hearing from you, I think uh, I know you to be very humble. I mean, we, Chris and I have known you and Katia for about eight years. Uh, I brag on you in the area, <laughs> irony of that, I brag, I brag on you in the area of your humility. I just love your humility. And I think that anytime our strength is perceived by our own thought process as being our own strength, it becomes a weakness. And so when we recognize that it's in our weakness, God's strength is perfected. You're, you're a strong word guy too. Uh, where, where did that kind of start? Because I love this is I think a lot of people think of the prophetic or people that are prophets that they're kind of uh, light or lean on their theology. But I've heard you teach and preach, man, you're deep. How did that kind of come into play for you? you know, I think um, that all prophecies should submit to scripture. Um, and so scripture's got high value. And you know the famous word by Smith Wigglesworth that there'll come a day when God will marry the word and the spirit. 
what they're doing in the consciousness of a whole generation in the church is separate wording spirit. When the truth is, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, and he's the best, best teacher around truth because he leads us into all truth, not just one aspect of truth. Um, and I remember moving to the UK in my mid-20s uh, to serve a church uh, movement that was uh, charismatic and reformed. And so they were Calvinists, but they spoke in tongues, which is quite an unusual mix. And in the UK, you've got to get to the head before you can get to the heart. And they weren't super impressed with simply my gift. And the tradition in the UK is high levels of preaching revivals that drew crowds that encountered God. And so I had to get to grips with how I engage the intellectual element of the Word of God for the sake of inspirational transformation. Um, and I think we've got to always keep two together. The, the gospel is highly satisfying intellectually, but it is beautifully and wonderfully experiential. And we want both, not one or the other. And so I began to really study uh, because now more than ever in a deconstructing world, we need the clarity, reliability, and authority of Scripture as we follow Jesus. I love that. Oh my, Julian, this is so good, man. Hey, let me ask you this, because I know there are a lot of people, uh, and this is something that's a continual quest of my own. How do you recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? I recognize that's a bit of a subjective question, but I know that there are principles uh, that you're able to share as well. So again, how do you recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? I'll give you I'll give you some um, places for what we'll be speaking at the conference, at the masterclass. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I think there are a number of things. I think subjectivity actually isn't a bad thing. Most of us use that to recognize evil. We use our subjective nature, our ability to feel, sense, touch, observe, as the keys to recognize whether somebody's good or bad or threatening or not threatening. We are designed to recognize God that way. It's why to every of the five senses, there is a scripture like attributes and experience of God. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I heard the Lord say, um, you know, all those things dynamically impact how we engage our minds, our hearts, and our bodies um, in recognizing God. So for me, the simplicity is more often than not, it's a little fleeting thought that pops into my head, a picture, um, an impression. I can talk about this, like when you put your head on a memory foam pillow and you take your head away, there's an impression of your head in that memory foam. Um, that's often what happens to me. It's like God just, just impresses something and it's a little vague sometimes. It's a little bit unclear, but I've learned that quick obedience often brings fruitfulness at a multiplied rate and that obedience is no obedience. So one of the things I had to reconcile with in terms of when I'm feeling this, when I'm sensing this, when I'm having a picture, maybe when I'm feeling something in my body uh, around somebody's sickness, maybe uh, there's a hip pain and I'm feeling a hip pain. Why is that there? I need to ask the why question, but I also need to respond quickly and step out and then never mind the embarrassment factor. Like if I can just get once or twice in somebody's life can be changed that's worth the embarrassment um, and so I think I'm learning to live like Jesus who became of no reputation and living in the tension like that's okay I want to lean into the purposes of God and so for me it's very simple little thoughts little pictures sometimes sensations in my body in my body but more often than not it's just very subtle it, it's just very gentle um, because as I've learned to lean into that more often than not on the big decisions to hear God's voice it's 
it's the still small voice that takes me into my place of promise. That is so good. You know, I've, I'll be sharing too some thoughts in the beginning in terms of hearing the voice of God at the prophetic masterclass. But when I was on staff at Harvest Rock, Cheon, Lou Engle was on staff at the time, Larry Randolph out of the church. Larry would take me, he's a prophet, uh, yeah. and he's still living in Nashville, and I think pastoring as well. But he would take me on, on some of his meetings. He would prophesy the most accurate words, and I would just stand behind the people because they'd be so overwhelmed by the accuracy, they would just fall out. And he's also a profound uh, preacher and just a great all-around guy. So I remember we're driving back in the car one time, and I said, Larry, man, how did you get those accurate words? I mean, it was crazy accurate. At that level, I'd only maybe been exposed to a couple people that had operated at that level of precision, words of knowledge, including a guy who was my mentor at that time and some others. And I, I went to Kansas City Fellowship at the time, now IHOP, and exposed John Paul Jackson, James Gall, uh, Paul King, oh. all those guys, right? Bob Jones. And Larry said something that revolutionized my life, and it, it underscores what you're sharing as well, Julian. He said, Sean, 90% of what I get is impression. And it's almost like you have that mind-blowing emoji thing that's so popular. I really thought, like you, I thought it was going to be Charleston Heston in the Ten Commandments, and that dude, <laughs> I guess they played Lurch on the Adams Family. I think I read someplace he was the voice of God or whatever. I, I was looking for that, and so consequently, uh, I was failing to recognize the most common ways that God was speaking to me, and obviously the Word of God, and, and I love that you underscore that, but uh, impressions. And from that point on, that was one of those life-changing things, because I would agree with you, when I'm in services or whatever, uh, or around people, or, or it's impression, like it could be so easily missed or dismissed that you could just, you know, because before I get these fleeting thoughts, and number one, I thought the origin of those fleeting thoughts were me. Number two, I thought because they were light, they weren't credible or didn't carry much weight. But as you've said, I've found one impression can be the difference of life and death. And so I've, I've said something very similar. I said, hey, I'm willing to be a fool for Jesus uh, because at the end of the day, uh, it's God takes the foolish things to shame those Absolutely. things which are wise, Absolutely. man. You, I think one of the things that we often do in church world is we try and super spiritualize everything. Mm. And we often separate the very natural dynamic of our own internal voice and headspace. And we try to separate that as, as if that's less spiritual than uh, ascending to heaven and getting a revelation. But the, the whole point of the incarnation is the spiritual took on flesh. And when we understand that Jesus models what it means to be supernatural within the bounds of natural humanity as the prime example, as the goal of what it means to be fully human for humanity now, we get to realize that actually our how God's engaging in our mind, in our imagination, in our thoughts, in our bodies, all become a platform then for the supernatural to be at work. Wow. I, I love that because I think we do, and by uh, over-spiritualizing or super-spiritualizing, we do a, a disservice to the more common ways that the Holy Spirit moves. And I love that, that the incarnation is that here is eternity taken on flesh for that very purpose. And, you know, as God speaks to a spirit to spirit, if it doesn't somehow make an impression upon our mind, we would miss it. It's God is somehow, because we, we as human beings, we operate, obviously we're led by his spirit, but it's our soul where our mind, will, and emotions. And so somehow it's got to make that connection between our spirit and our soul in that realm. And that's, man, that's that's so powerful. What what ways, Julian, can do you or can we position ourselves to hear the voice of God? Because we're living in a world of a lot of clatter, chatter, I should say, a lot of clutter, clutter and chatter together, clatter, <laughs> a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of competing voices. Uh, we're busy. Uh, we have this little thing called a smartphone that's beeping, buzzing, Apple Watch. Everything is coming at us. Uh, how can we position ourselves to hear the 
voice of God. You know, there is no shortcut to intimacy. Uh, we, we live in a world where everybody wants an impartation, and I believe in impartation is why we can be getting masterclass. You'll get in, in seed form what we already have in fruit form. Ultimately, it's intimacy that grows that seed and makes it even more fruitful than we are. You know, when when somebody, I hope it's okay for me to use this example, but when somebody looks in on somebody else's intimacy as a couple, it's called voyeurism. And when we've been the church, we've had a bit of spiritual voyeurism. We, we want to look at everyone else's intimacy. We're going to think we can take that by way of just seeing. Actually, history comes out of experience. And I think the first thing is to develop your own history with God. Um, and that means stepping out, making mistakes. I think the second thing is Bible input means Bible output. Mm. When you get the imagery, the phraseology, the, um, the testimony of Jesus, right? The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, what we see in scripture as the testimony of Jesus and his ongoing work today becomes the platform for the prophetic. In other words, how Jesus dealt with people becomes the platform for us to then prophesy into people's lives. So mm. get it into you, get scripture into you, because it might not come out as a King James version or the whatever version Bible you read, but what it will come out is in ideas and thoughts that are rooted in scripture because it's part of your spirit, it's part of your inner man. And I think the other thing for me, quite simply, is worship. Oh, my gosh, like one of the most underrated gifts that the church is no longer using and I'm concerned about globally is speaking in tongues. We need people to speak in tongues a whole lot more. It becomes the platform in which I communicate in an unfettered way with the very heart of God and I express my deepest longings to him. And out of that, he releases his thoughts that shift and change things uh, for circumstances. So I'm tempted to give you the 10 rules for moving in the prophetic but ultimately it boils down to this one thing God will not be boxed in because he's more he's more committed to relationship than he is to formula and there's no shortcut there's no shortcut to relationship Um, worship find yourself in him get intimate with him waste time on him it's the best thing you can do with your time I feel nothing when I say to someone I've got an appointment with someone in my calendar I can't talk to you because if that time is with God I'm meeting with a physical person called Jesus. There's a physical body in heaven right now that's glorifying, so it, he, he is fully a person. So finding time to block time out, to meet with him, pray with him, worship him, get scripture into you, and then to step out regularly. You'll only know um, the fruitfulness of the prophetic to the degree that you're willing to step out. That is so good. You know, one of the things that, man, I, I, I think about is that you have to find your rampart. And what I mean by that, it's funny because you, you'd mentioned a book that I used to read and give to all our college students. I was discipling Dialogue with God by Mark Berkler. But even he brings out that that scripture in, in Habakkuk where he says, I will sit on the rampart and I will see what he will speak to me. And, and it's interesting that obviously he used the word see as we would kind of think that he would say, I would listen to what God, but it, it is a perception. It's an awareness. But actually the part I want to focus on is that Habakkuk sat on a rampart. Now, I don't know what that was for him. Uh, you know, you, you could read the scholars will, will give you their, you know, their, their thoughts on it. But I just go, maybe it was a bit nebulous so each of us would understand you've got to find your rampart what is that thing you can sit on that you get in position Jesus said when you go into the uh, your secret place close the door that's a rampart you got to find a place where you can get still you can
can get a loan. I love what you said. Hey, you have an appointment. Cut off the cell phone. Uh, Krista, she'll leave the cell phone in, the, in another room, which I love that. I'll turn mine upside down and on on off uh, and so or mute. And so I just think you got to find your rampart. And sometimes for some people, it's on their in their commute. As they're driving to work. Some people take super long baths and showers. Some people, there's a chair I sit on. There are times because I'm a moving person, but it's weird. I know people that take prayer walks. I'm very yeah. kinetic. And when I feel the anointing of God, I get I get like energy. It's yeah. crazy. So I actually have an elliptical because if I'm walking in a, down a street, uh, I'll have interaction with people, you know? So I have this one room. I'm actually in this room right now, but I've got an elliptical. I can close my eyes because I don't have to worry about what's in front of me, but my body's moving, but it is a rampart for me. And so the rampart can look different, but you got to find that place where you can just get isolated, uh, focused time on the Lord. I know some people, and I love what Mike Bickle said. Uh, I, I've heard him say this, but he said this to me. He said, so many people say, well, you know, I don't have to have those times of direct focus. I walk in a general awareness of God throughout the day. And his thing is, you got to understand your times of direct focus is what feeds your times of general awareness. If you don't have that time of direct focus, you're going to have a watered down, fuzzy, if you will, general awareness. And that's so stuck with me. Uh, and I think people have misinterpreted Smith Wigglesworth's quote that he says, I, I don't, I rarely pray longer than 15 minutes. But the yeah. other part is I do not go 15 minutes without praying. Without praying. Wow. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe, let me tell you what, do whatever you can to come here, Julian and Chris and I, obviously we're going to be there as well, to, to hear his sessions. Uh, it is going to be an amazing event, prophetic masterclass, two-day intensive. Join us in Northern California, the beautiful Bay Area, uh, September 16th and 17th. And a big announcement, drum roll please, is that we just added a live stream feature. I, I, point, I touched upon it earlier, but uh, you do not want to miss that. Julian, man, this has been so profound. Tell us, how can we stay in contact with you? What products? I, I've read a couple of your books. They're profound. I highly recommend them. I'd love for you to share uh, maybe any of your social media or any uh, stuff with the church. How can we support you and stay in contact with you, bro? Yeah, you can go check out my website at julianadams.org. Um, I also run a prophetic school that is really aimed at training a generation of prophetic people to do the stuff called Vox Day, which means voice of God. We've got loads of free resources too on our site. And then book Terra Nova, which means New Earth, is all about how you discover what God's called you to do in redeeming the earth and finding space to see uh, the prophetic at work outside the four walls of the church. Um, and so you can check it out, julianadams.org. Uh, you'll find loads of resources and some of the stuff. Follow me on Instagram. Um, it, I, Sean, I am so excited about joining you and Krista. I think this is going to be one of the foreigner masterclasses that is really going to unlock a new breed of love-focused prophetic ministry that genuinely sees harvest come in. So I'm so excited to be with you. Man, I can't wait, Julian. Seriously, I'm getting chills as you said that. We have so stepped out, but we, we knew it was the Lord. Lord spoke to us about it, and we stepped out, and then we, we were able to get you. A mutual friend of ours uh, who's highly prophetic uh, said, you weren't you weren't there to hear it. He was, he was talking behind your back in a great way. He said, man, Julian Adams is most accurate 
prophet he personally knows of. And for him to say that, I just thought, and and man, you prophesied over Christ and I just on point. We were together in Boston. Uh, even at the table, you had a prophetic word. You didn't know, but it was kind of the pastor's son that's also uh, has a post of ministry there. And it was just profound, awesome. Hey, we sure enjoy having you. We can't wait, man. In literally several days, you're going to be Come out on. with us, man. So it's not too late. Everybody jump on and do whatever you have to do to get there or get on the live stream. Julian, sure love you, man. Thanks for giving us your time, bro. Okay. Come on, everybody. I think you can agree. That was incredible. Julian is so deep, so rich with revelation. I loved what he shared. I mean, profound. Oh, it was amazing. This guy just has such a grasp. He is not only a prophet, but he's a theologian and he just speaks on the street that people live on. He's very practical. Man, we were blessed to hear the things that he shared. Okay. And I want to tell you, I just want to remind you, if you want more, because Julian's going to be doing a couple sessions at the Prophetic Masterclass. This is a shameless plug. You can still get registered because there's going to be more truth and revelation that Julian's going to be sharing because I tell you what, he's an incredible teacher, he's an incredible equipper. So get to the Prophetic Masterclass, whether it's online or in person. Hey, Keep It 100 Tribe, as always, we have one of our favorite segments, the Keep It 100 Takeaways. And this episode, which is a special episode, we went back to back weeks. We're going to send you away with signs that you have a prophetic ministry mandate on your life. You know, as I was thinking about this, one of the unique signs that you have a prophetic ministry mandate on your life is that you're always seeking to hear the voice of God on situations. Prophetic people always look for what God has to say. They're not satisfied with what other people's opinions are, what other people's old experiences may have told them. They want to hear a thus saith the Lord. They want to get alone with God, get in his word, get in a place of worship as Samuel did, get before the Lord ministering by the ark so they could hear the voice of God. I just want to give you some rapid fire signs. Another sign is that uh, when you have the prophetic ministry mandate on your life, there's an attraction to prophetic ministry. Obviously, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love, yet eagerly desire spiritual gifts. When you have a prophetic ministry mandate on your life, you have a keen interest in prophetic ministry. You have a motivation to learn how to prophesy. 2 Timothy 1.8, you're motivated to learn about how to use your prophetic gift or further your understanding of personal prophecy. Another thing I've noticed about prophetic people is that they tend to actively seek out training and teaching through reading books, attending uh, training sessions, learning from people who are experienced in the prophetic. Uh, Another thing, prophetic people uh, often have a natural intuition for trends, events, people, and situations. The sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, they were prophetic. They understood the times or discerned the times and knew what Israel ought to do. I think prophetic people are aware of trends. They, They intuit things that God has shown them that may not come natural for others. Prophetic people are people that are often highly sensitive people. Sometimes they appear to others as being emotional. It's just that they sense and pick up things in the spirit that other people may not. Uh, They have a keen sensory experience of the world around them, and there seems to be like a thin wall between the visible and invisible realm, which leads to them having a strong awareness of how others around them are feeling. Uh, The modern popular word, they use it a lot in MCU talk, is empaths. Uh, Prophetic people are empaths. They begin to sense when something's not right with a person. The other person could be trying to put their best face and foot forward, but a prophetic person would say, hey, what's wrong with you? Something's off today or something. Or they'll walk into a room and everybody else is feeling excited, but the prophetic person will pick up, hey, there's something not right here. Uh, other people may be feeling joy because of a natural circumstance, but a prophetic person may be feeling the heart of God in a particular situation, which really means prophetic people are more often affected by their environment more than other people. As I think about prophetic people and I think about 
my wife, I think about many of the role models I've had. Prophetic folk have a strong sense of justice and they really battle and struggle and face the challenges when they see injustices, be it on the social, political level, on holy issues, biblical issues. They think in terms of black and white. I know there's such a push today for many people to say, well, there's gray, there's gray, there's gray. A prophetic folks, when you have the prophetic mantle of God, you don't see the gray. You see the black or white. There's no in-between with prophetic people. Think John the Baptist, you guys, right? Prophetic people, they also care deeply about others' connection with God. Non-prophetic, maybe people, maybe it doesn't mean as much, but truly prophetic people, they care deeply about other people's connection with God. They want to see other people do well. They want to see people walk in victory. They want to see people have intimacy with God and know that they are a true son and daughter. Prophetic people are passionate about seeing other people live free. A prophetic motivation, one of the signs of a prophetic person is they're motivated to see how free they can get people and how free they can get environment, how close they can get people to God. And that means that often prophetic people are encouragers. They're encouraging people around them. They're challenging when they see someone in compromise and in elements of their life that aren't right. But you know what? The final sign that I want to give you today that you have a prophetic ministry mandate on your life is that you desire deep intimacy with God and you want to have and you will take the time to build a deep root system based on a deep prayer life. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out, share this link on your social media platforms, and check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you, so be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keep 100 Tribe, you want to join us for our next episode as we're going to talk about another exciting topic. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep